Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Kevin Bailey. He is the founder and CEO of DreamFuel, a company that helps teams perform at high levels while simultaneously reducing stress. At 27, Kevin was CEO and founder of Inc.'s 500, 58th fastest growing company in the country. He is also a professor at Indiana University and co-founded the Midwest startup community, Powder Keg. Kevin, thanks for being on the show. How are you? Good to be here, Sean. Doing great, man. So we had a little chat about Dream Fuel um, and, and, and our green room um, and, and getting to know more about, um, you know, kind of how you started the company or a little bit actually more about you were actually talking to me about, you know, different things about the unconscious mind, which we can get to mm-hmm. later. But um, my first question just kind of start out with is, you know, why did you start Dream Fuel? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, so when I was about 25, I started a company, a tech company, um, and grew relatively quickly. Well, more than relatively quickly, it grew extremely fast. Um, we were the 58th fastest growing company in the country. Um, by the time I was like 28, 29, and we had acquirers come and try and buy the company. I was CEO at the time and I had pretty much given every last ounce of effort and energy I could put into that company to get it to where it was. And I was literally on the verge of burnout. Um, in fact, I was probably there and I was CEO of this, at this point over a hundred person company. And, you know, I was, we were getting in the newspaper all the time and we had this acquirer come and um, it was, and I had a kid <laughs> and had all this kind of stuff converge on me um, at the same time. And I just wasn't handling it perfectly, um, you know, and ended up hiring a, another CEO to come in alongside me and, and help me run the company um, as we were trying to do this acquisition process, which ended up being a pretty bumpy road. Um, and we did not sell it for what we wanted to. Um, but all of that, made me really reflect. I'd achieved a lot in my 20s, but I wasn't strong enough. I didn't have a strong enough mindset to really take my success to where I wanted it to go. So I did a lot of soul searching after that. And I ended up uh, working with a neuroscientist um, on with autistic children, nonverbal autistic children specifically. And this neuroscientist was mostly working with the parents of the autistic children. I thought it was really fascinating teaching them how to get along with their children using neuroscience and mindset work. Um, cause if you're dealing with a nonverbal kid, uh, and these nonverbal children are extremely gifted in, a, in certain ways, one of which is uh, they can read their parents' thoughts almost. Um, they're literally like, on, like ver- as close as a human can get to telepathy. Um, and uh, it was amazing to see this neuroscientist teach me how this all worked. And that got me extremely fascinated with mindset. So when I started getting back into uh, building companies again, uh, Powder Keg, and, and working with some of my friends' companies as a consultant, I started really diving into mindset and, and the influence that it has on performance. I started to work with sales teams and started to have those sales teams set records. And I wasn't teaching them any any training stuff. I wasn't being like, okay, here's a Sandler sales technique to do this or that. It was purely um, working with their unconscious mind and helping them prime themselves for success on calls and stuff. And I started having tremendous results. And then I realized, you know, like I love being a leader. I love working with people. I, I enjoy the processes of management, but it's all about the performance aspect that gets me going. And as I realized that my, my hobby, which was, which was learning about mindset, um, could be the thing that I dedicated my life to. Um, I jumped at the opportunity and I, and I created dream fuel and we've been working with a number of teams since to increase performance. 
I love it. I mean, I, I've I've seen some of your stuff that you've posted on LinkedIn or other companies, other tech companies have um, even just in like a group seminar of even the salespeople or different people, or you've done um, kind of a meditation thing, I think down at union five, two, five. And it's been really interesting to me um, where you're, you're, when you talk about performance, it's not so much the end goal, it's the journey to get there and understanding your present moment. And I just thought it was very interesting when I saw that. I'm like, I need to, I need to reach out and talk to you <laughs> and, and share this um, with people because it, it's it's very interesting and the message is very clear where you're talking about the unconscious mind. And you can go more and you telling me the stats were um, mind boggling how much yeah, we think I mean, in a fail mentality. Go ahead. <laughs> sure. Stage um, scientists, scientists don't know precisely, um, but they estimate anywhere from – 95 to upwards of 99% of your thoughts are unconscious, come from your subconscious mind. Um, The vast majority of those are repetitive, same thoughts you had every day. And then uh, different studies, 70, upwards of 80% of those unconscious thoughts are negative or disempowering. So our unconscious minds have been programmed since the day we were born, pretty much, and even programmed through epigenet- programmed epigenetically from our ancestors, um, coming up to now, uh, with all of these beliefs, you know, um, come from teachers, you know, parents, coaches, whatever. Some of them are empowering, and much of them are disempowering. And as a mindset coach, you know, I believe that everything starts in the mind, and our beliefs sort of create a reality. So when I'm working with somebody, I'm always trying to figure out what's going on behind the scenes there. You know, you may want to accomplish X or Y, but what's holding you back? And normally it's not a lack of ambition. It's not a lack of motivation. It's some belief that was given to them by somebody earlier in their life that says, you're not good enough. You can't do this thing. You know, don't, don't step into that. You know, that's scary. So it's often breaking people through that stuff. And that journey you talked about, the hero's journey, that's my framework for success. Um, Joseph Campbell, an amazing psychologist, built that, which I consider to be the framework of human evolution. And uh, it, it, it's always full of challenges. And in order to get people over those challenges, you have to work on their belief system so they can get through that stuff um, and frame it right. And the better you understand this stuff, the faster you can get to success. And then continue on to new goals. Exactly. And I think more of a specific question out of that is um, how do, how do you, you know, what is mindset training? Cause you've kind of mentioned that before with mindset, but how do you specifically um, pull in different resources um, either for groups or for individuals that you have seen that have been successful for people? Yeah, um, the trifecta of mindset coaching or training relies on three pillars. Um, one is meditation, which is really important because meditation is what allows you to hear your unconscious mind. So you start to actually surface some of this unconscious stuff. You get that during meditation. And also if you practice long enough, you start to get it, you know, while you're just in your normal everyday life. So that's self-awareness. Um, then obviously you have the mindset stuff, which is the unconscious belief reconfiguring and changing it. So actually you think of it as like uh, building new neural networks that support you rather than disempower you. 
And then the third third uh, leg of the stool is visualization, which uh, is the ability to use your imagination to foresee or forecast future events that may happen in your life, um, which improves motivation. So mindset's more for confidence, visualization's for motivation, and then uh, mindfulness is for focus, uh, meditation's for focus. Interesting. And how have you been able to, um, I know you were talking about, you know, when you um, were talking to the neuroscientist and working with him on those things, and then you went over to powder keg, um, how have you been able to um, kind of market your services um, to people? Is it just kind of word of mouth? Is it something that is a, a different message? You know, wh- what is it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I learned a little bit about marketing. Um, Slingshot was a marketing company, um, mainly a content company. But uh, a lot of my marketing is just through content. Um, you know, like last week I put up an infographic um, that was leading to a case study just to kind of help educate people on how this stuff works. Because it is, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in foreign territory. Not a lot of people understand how mindfulness and mindset and visualization affect performance. It does profoundly. A lot of athletes, professional athletes and celebrities and Fortune CEOs know. But, you know, your typical tech executive or something like that, it's not something that's on everybody's radar yet. So I'm having to do a lot of education. And educational content is something I like. You know, a lot of my leads come from friends that, you know, just heard from friends that the stuff works um, that, have, that have dealt with me. So right now I'm in that word of mouth phase. Um, I enjoy that. I enjoy getting leads like that. But um, yeah, I mean, even when I first started, I used these techniques to help um, my company, which uh, went from Slingshot to Relevance. Um, I used these techniques and I doubled my ability to sell. So I was doubling my uh, my sales quotas. And uh, this actually went after being CEO. I went and uh, was an account executive for the company on the West Coast for a while. And I just started really ramping the numbers up. And my friends were like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I use visualization. Um, I've been using mindset techniques and uh, I've been using meditation. They're like, really? How the hell does that work? And then I explained, they're like, wow, could you maybe do a lesson on that for my team? And that was when I started coaching teams is I did one thing and they're just like, holy crap, that was amazing. And then they end up closing their, their close rates start to go up a little bit and they start, then they pull me in for a full-time gig on that. Um, and like I said, I come right alongside a VP of sales or something because I'm not teaching any sales techniques, <laughs> purely teaching them how to use these mindset tools to be successful. I like it. I really do. Um, <laughs> my mind's kind of blown right now. Uh, my mindset is blown, but um, I think more so uh, I'm not going to drill you with any more questions. Cause I think um, you, you kind of, you hit on some really great, great stuff, but I think more so, you know, can you share anything that's like an offline background that you helped a company or um, an individual, especially with what you're doing at dream fuel um, that kind of everything just kind of came together. Um, you can, I mean, leave out names and that kind of stuff, but kind of what the approach was, if like, you know, a sales team that you helped with or, or something that um, kind of changed their approach um, and probably less burnout too. Sure. Um, <laughs> these are funny. Uh, I have a lot of stories. I get text messages and emails pretty frequently of people who I've heavily impacted. Um, that's my fuel. I, I love getting those testimonials and stuff. Like I just love it. Um, one in particular, um, I remember I got a, uh, a text and it's a salesperson who told this to me and he said, I got to give credit where credit is due Kevin. And he explained how I impacted him. Um, it's a very talented salesperson who wasn't living up to his potential. And 
<laughs> as I worked with him, we realized, and, and he already knew this about himself and, and his manager knew it too. Um, great salesperson, you know, awesome personality, really good at, at getting deals over the line, great closer, but his discipline was just lacking. And it was showed in his divine matrix, and divine competencies, which is a sales assessment, you know, and a lot of people just accept it. They're like, oh, you know, so-and-so, he's just not disciplined. You know, he's a great salesperson. He could be better, but, you know, he's he's just not disciplined. And, uh, you know, he, he came to me, he's like, can you teach me how to be more disciplined? I'm like, well, uh, sure. Um, your performance assessments will say you can't, that this is just something that you need to live with. But yeah, if you want to learn how to be more disciplined, let's do it. Um, so basically, we, we had to go in and and understand why he was not disciplined, like what was actually happening in his own psychology that was causing him to not do the things he needed to do. So we had to like kind of root through that. We had to do a whole lot of rewiring. Um, we had to basically change his whole perspective. He, his unconscious mind thought that discipline wasn't necessary. He's like, he was kind of a cowboy, you know, he was just like, oh, just do whatever my gut says and it'll be fine. And I, intuition is, is a whole other subject that I'm, I teach that for salespeople. But um, in this case, you know, he just wasn't following the right processes. So he committed to it. We rewired his mind around discipline. He did it. I just told him how to do it. Um, and then uh, I've just watched uh, him become the leader on the sales team, hitting the biggest numbers. Um, as well as uh, the, one of the coolest things is that he has, uh, over the course of the last, I think, four or five months, he has lost. Um, he was he was pretty heavy overweight. He's lost a tremendous amount of weight. He's he's you know in great shape now. Um, and it was the discipline that we worked on that taught him how to have the rigor because you know how hard it is to lose weight. Um, that had the the rigor to actually lose the weight. So not only did he become the top performing salesperson on his team right now i'm sure there's people vying for top right now but he also lost a, a tremendous amount of weight and he just sent me a text message and he's like got to give you credit where credit is due kevin you completely transformed my life um with these teachings and these trainings so i was like rock and roll buddy let's go <laughs> that is absolutely amazing and two things i mean that reflected on discipline which is kind of amazing how your your mind i mean goes into every different part of your 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 life i mean that's what uh -huh. it is um, and how you've kind of dissected that and kind of seen, you know, if we change this, if when they, but I think the biggest thing was, is he reached out to you saying, how can you help me? Um, and I think that's the kind of the biggest testament of what you've done is you're, you're just simply explaining what you are doing to kind of change things. And people are noticing that, um, and they're noticing the performance aspect of it too. Um, flipping gears here. So not enough, not about, you know, dream fuel or everything else, but more about you, you know, you know, what gets you up, you know, in the morning? Um, what do you do as a hobby, you know, to kind of revitalize or if it's part of work? And then the last thing is what is health? And I think that you've kind of encapsulated everything with dream fuel, but kind of want to see um, from what your perspective is, um, rather than, you know, talking about the performance of your, you know, your clients and everything. So you're saying, what do I do as a hobby? Yeah, what do you do as a hobby or if if it's part of Dream Fuel or something else? And then what do you do health-wise? Um, it could be emotional, mental, physical, whatever. Um, but I just kind of felt like everything kind of stemmed from our conversation with Dream Fuel. But I kind of want to know more of your, um, your journey um, rather than, you know, someone else's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, now this all does weave together cause I have put my 
vocation at the center of my hobbies. Uh, meaning like I had hobby mindset was stuff was a hobby of mine before. That's all I ever read about and listened to. And so it is at the center of it. But I mean, <laughs> so I love nature and I love deep states of consciousness, as weird as that sounds. So um, I love to get out in nature, be present, be there with nature, whatever I'm doing, it could be fishing or it could be hiking, um, you know, some sort of uh, yeah, outdoor activity, surfing, whatever, and then get as present as I can and then combine meditation into that. Um, and just become more one with nature. So um, by deep states of consciousness, I love meditation. Like some people are like, ah, meditation, you know, is, you know, kind of, it can be hard or whatever. Like, you know, my, my mind's always talking to myself, like uh, meditation has become one of my favorite things. Um, and I had to, like most people, I had to, I had to whatever, uh, break the horse because the mind is a wild horse, you know, and it does take six months pretty much of continuous meditation to finally get to a point where it becomes more of a joyful activity or truly joyful activity because more hit or miss before then. But um, I've reached, you know, states of consciousness where I feel connected to everything um, called transcendence and like transcendental meditation. Um, so, yeah, I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of my hobbies. Um, you know, I love, I love nature and I love meditation. Um, I'm also a parent. I got three kids and I, I love playing with my kids. And this also helps with that, you know, just being present with my kids. I love kind of getting into like kid mindset, you know, like we have our like, oh, go get her, you know, like mindset. And there's like, you can also use the same techniques to get into like a kid mindset. So it's like, how do I regress my mind to like a child's so I can actually play with my kids on the level? Um, so I love, love playing with my kids. And, you know, as you get, when you got kids, it's like, yeah, I got, I got tons of hobbies. Like I love music. I play drums. I play guitar. I got, you know, friends I jam with and stuff, but it's like, yeah, I do a lot of spend. I spend a lot of time with my kids, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we go out in nature together. Um, we play music together. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's some of the stuff that gets me going. Uh, I just love learning about this stuff and applying it. Um, cause I think, I think it's, it's what my, it's what I'm here to do. It's my, like, you know, it's my, my quote purpose is really using this stuff in my own life and then teaching others. Kevin, I absolutely love it, man. Um, talking about your your background um, with Slingshot and Relevance and how you kind of, I mean, it was your journey. You just basically described your journey and where you're at right now. And I think it just kind of um, came to fruition where you just kind of um, made a hobby into what you actually love to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really appreciate you, you chatting about, you know, chatting about talking about that and speaking more towards, you know, you know, being mindful, being present, um, you know, your mindset and how it can change someone's life. I mean, you gave a really great example of that sales guy. So I appreciate you being on the show and I hope some people can take away, um, some very valuable lessons here, um, where if they're struggling with, with this too, I think like, I think everybody struggles with this, that, um, they can take away from that and they can reach out to you after they listen to this episode. So Kevin, thanks for being on the show. You're welcome, Sean. It's great. Uh, really enjoyed it, man.